0: You know, Carrie, when I was growing up, cereal was like everything. It was the best part of being a kid, but I had to give it up because I realized as an adult, it's full of sugar and junk and all this other stuff you really shouldn't be eating. I used to put sugar on top of sugar cereal. (laughs) Because it wasn't sugary enough.
1: Like, what? You know, we're all trying to eat better. It's a different time. We're adults. And just, you know, that's the way the world is going. But healthy breakfast doesn't have to be boring. Magic Spoon, which we both have been trying, is like super amazing. The flavors that we all have grown up with and love, but without all the bad stuff. And also, I'm not putting sugar on top of it anymore.
0: And we love it because there's a variety pack. There are four flavors in total. Cocoa, fruity, frosted, and peanut butter. Each pack has zero grams of sugar,
1: 13 to 14 grams of protein, and only four net grams of carbs.
0: And only 140 calories a serving. Also, it's keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, and low-carb. And I really love when you do something like mix cocoa and peanut butter because it Mm. tastes like a peanut butter cup, which, you know, we all love. I've been eating it for dessert, like a little treat. It's really good. And it tastes pretty much exactly like the regular cereal from when I was a kid, but I feel better better about it because it's actually really healthy and it's still delicious. Also, the boxes are so cute. Whoever designed them. So go to magicspoon.com slash momtourage to grab a variety pack and try it today. And be sure to use our promo code momtourage at checkout to save $5 off your order. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 100% happiness
1: guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. Love that.
0: Remember, get your next delicious bowl of guilt-free at magicspoon.com/momtrage and use the code momtrage cuz you'll save $5. Thank you Magic Spoon for sponsoring this episode.
1: Hey guys, happy Wednesday. Hi friends, happy Wednesday. We have got a great show today. We are chatting with the hilarious hosts of Circling the Drain podcast, Ellie Dvorkian Dunn and Julia Granacki.
0: Then it's summertime and you know what that means, water activities. So to get you prepared for whatever impending end of summer vacation or Labor Day, is it Labor Day that's the last one? Or Memorial Day? A day, it's a day. Or patriotic holidays that include swimming we are chatting with Larissa Posner from Goldfish Swim School to give us some water safety tips. And we
1: learned it's actually not just summer. You should be having your kids swim and take lessons all year round. Your child can drown in an inch of water. Oh, God. Way to start an episode, Actually, <laughs> Sorry. And as always, we have our hashtag swag bag. And up next, take it away, kid. Kicking shit. Okay, so my tits are specific and general. The general part of it is... We've discussed this before. I just don't want to have any friends that are not the kind of friends where you might not see them for a long time and you can pick up and it's just like no time has passed.
0: That's the only kind of friends I want. That you do want. Yes. Oh, 100%. I couldn't agree more. I don't have time for any other more high maintenance of a friendship, in all honesty. Right. So the specific is, I've talked about it on the show,
1: our old second floor in Brooklyn was like so amazing. And one of my best friends, Cassandra, friend of the show, who's helped us a lot with the show, she moved and I haven't seen her in two years. And she came back and I saw her yesterday and it literally was like, no time has passed. Our kids, who, Luna is like an entirely different person. The kids are the surprising part. They picked up like nothing, like absolutely exactly the same, like hugging and kissing each other and playing and wanting to take baths together and the same dynamics. It was so amazing. Oh, that's nice. It was just like burst my heart open. And I'm just so thankful for people like you and Valerie and Jill and Cassandra and people that I can just walk in their house and open up their cabinets and we don't have to like be like, oh, can I please have this? It's not precious. Yeah, it's just family. Yeah. And, you know, we've talked about it before, like not worrying about, oh, let's split this check or knowing that like I get this one you get the next one we don't have to be weird about that kind of stuff as
0: I Venmo'd you yesterday a Venmo request for half of our dinner that night that's fine but you know what I mean Like I do know what you mean but I just thought it was funny (laughs) I haven't opened up my
1: Venmo because my shits are my phone stopped working and I took it into the Apple store and they didn't have me sign the form that says they could possibly wipe the whole thing which they usually do and they did wipe my whole thing and I lost all my pictures I hadn't been backing up. I lost everything. And of course, my husband, who's like Apple guy, was like, I told you you to back up. And I was like, I know, but I don't listen to some of the things you say, or I just didn't have time. But he also
0: told you not to pay for iCloud. I know, I know, I know. Anyway, so
1: I lost, so in part of that, I, I lost, I have to remember all my logins again, which you know, because I've been texting you, what's the login? I still don't have all the logins. And so I haven't been in Venmo, so I actually did not know that you Venmo'd me half, but I still feel the same way about that. And also my allergies are killing me, which is why I sound like this. So sorry, guys. You're,
0: you sound fine. My tits are, if you have not yet, go... To Hulu or FX and watch The Bear. You know how strongly I feel about television. I feel like this is the best show so far of 2022. I feel like anybody who has ever worked in service, whether it's in a kitchen or waiting tables, I'm sure bartending too. You and I have talked about it. I still have stress dreams about waiting tables for brunch in LA. And like my dreams are like, I have to cross a highway to get to my tables. I have one about
1: forgetting to press the fire button. Oh, God. Like when they needed something at like a different time. Yes. And I like didn't fire the appetizers or the one entree for the kid. Yep. Like, oh, I have that nightmare a lot.
0: Yep. Or not getting people out in time for pre-theater. Thankfully, I was in L.A., so I didn't have to worry about that. But it is so well done that that lead actor, the guy from Shameless, the brother from Shameless, who has three names, I forget what his name is, something strange happens as my as Awala would have said, in my opinion, when God was handing out ugly, he was first in line. She also said, you got hit with the ugly stick. My grandmother was a bitch. (laughs) But real funny. Real funny. But he has some kind of swagger, that guy. I mean, maybe it's the chef thing, because, you know, we're all horny for a chef. Until they do so much cocaine that it's not fun anymore. So much
1: cocaine. Yeah. Sorry for all the chefs out there, but having worked in the restaurant industry for over 30 years, most of them are drunks or coke heads.
0: There is a little bit of coke on the show. so it is. Yeah. It is an accurate. It's historically yeah, accurate. Yeah, yeah. But honestly, it is so good. There is Carrie. You have to watch it. There's this one. I would. I keep falling asleep at eight p.m. I know. So I will soon. There is this one throwaway scene that any other show would have cut out, where it's just him and the the sous chef he hires in the back. You know, like the back smoking area, having a conversation, and it's just about how to communicate. I literally cried. I. It was just because it was such a normal, average conversation that was so well done. It's just, it's so good. It is so, so good. My shits are, Sebastian's fifth birthday party is on Saturday, and he said he wanted a science birthday, and I didn't realize how much work would go into a science birthday. I have all the science experiments per science experiment in boxes with all the ingredients, all the tools pre-measured. I have like a recipe thing. I had to test stuff. It is uh, such an undertaking. This is the most Virgo. Oh, it's thing. so Virgo. It's so. But you know what? My life's gonna be easier on Saturday. True. It is just such an undertaking for five children. It's also gonna be like 95 degrees. Just kids' birthdays, man. What? What a doozy they are. If and you also to come early can help in any way
1: or bring anything, I'm happy to.
0: I'm good. I, I want you to bring your thermocell. I think I'm good because my mom is also going to be here. Yeah. And I'll also have Matt and my dad. So I think we're okay. But bring your thermocell. And literally everybody is in town this week. Today I, I'm going into the city to go see a good friend with Sebastian. My aunt and uncle are coming into the city like over the weekend. Other people. It's just it's so much. It is so much. This week is like exhausting and hot. And those are my shit. <laughs> That's what I got to say about that.
1: I would also like to give a shout out to my mother, who's turning 70 on Sunday. Oh, happy birthday, Linda. So, the mama who made me, my rock, my best friend, just like the best gosh darn lady around.
0: oh Happy
1: birthday, mommy. I love you so much.
0: Linda, you don't look a day over 40, my friend. It's true. She's got that good skin. She does. Up next, circling the drain.
1: Today's guests take a deep dive into the sometimes embarrassing, often hilarious, and always bewildering issues of hormonal changes that take place in midlife. Through honest accounts, thoughtful interviews, and group panel discussions, their mission is to make you chuckle, make you nod your head in recognition, and hopefully make some scientific progress. Welcome perimenopausal co-hosts, Ellie Dvorkin-Dunn and Julia Granacki. Hi. Hi, Hello.
0: Julia,
2: did you ever think, like when we met each other when we were younger, that that's how we would someday be described, (gasps) perimenopausal? co I like it though. I'll take it. Yeah.
1: Now, you know, it's interesting because listening to your podcast, you can tell that you guys are friends. That's something that people always say to us is like, you guys can really tell that you're friends. So one, it's really nice to talk to friends that are actual friends. That always makes it so much easier. But two, I was so happy to talk on your show about all the shit that I basically have to talk to Ashley about that I'm sure our listeners are sometimes tired of hearing. Your nose job? My nose job. (laughs) What's going on with my vagina and my not getting periods anymore and being in perimenopause? So I really love that you guys have a show all about it. Thank you. We're happy to have it for you.
2: That's all we want to
0: talk about. Made it for you. That's the key to a successful podcast, though, truly, is find the shit that you just want to talk about with your friend about endlessly basically spell success that is how we came to be basically what is your origin story like what is your origin story as friends with your origin story with starting the show tell us that should i tell the florida part yeah you tell the florida part and i'll tell the podcast part okay i first want to say that
2: i'm not from florida i just i spent 10 years of my life there i don't feel it. Okay. proud of florida i'm embarrassed i'm not and from ashamed.
0: florida either i just lived there most of my life i was born there for the record i lived there till right. i was 10 and I don't ever consider myself as from Florida because right. I would rather jump off a bridge, I think. Same.
2: Not the point. The point is we both went to college in Florida. We both went to UCF. We were both theater majors. We were friends because all of the theater majors are friends. And we were in a musical together. A funny thing happened on the way to the forum. Which we argued about for yes, years. She like forgot that she was in it. But anyway, <laughs> not the point. The point is I still don't know how to drive. So I would have to bum rides from everyone in Florida to do anything because there's no public transportation in Florida. And I think... I I needed some hairspray. And Julia was like, well, I need some shit. We'll go. I'll take you. We'll go get our hairspray. And we were in the car. I should set the scene. It was in my blue Hyundai, which you had to turn the air
3: conditioning off in order to accelerate.
2: Yes. Wow. Really, sweating has come full circle, you know, now that we're like experiencing hot flashes 30 some years later. So we're in the car on our way to some sort of drugstore to get some sort of hair products. And all of a sudden, sirens and cars swarming around us. She slams on the brakes. A car goes horizontally in front of us, like in the middle of the intersection. Cops get out. Guns are pulled. It is Florida. And we are like holding each other's hands, cursing, wondering if we're going to die. I don't think any bullets were fired. Were they, Julia? No. Guns were out and we were full on afraid for our lives. And it like took a full many minutes for the perps to be apprehended (laughs) and like taken away (laughs) and for the traffic to clear. And I think like the rest, we were like, "What, what? what just happened? What did we almost die? We could have died. And uh, we might have sprung for the expensive hairspray that day. An Ellenette instead of the Aquanette. And we've been bonded ever since, wouldn't you say? I think what happened was I looked at you because we were so close and I said, I think I'm going to
3: reverse. And I like threw the car into <laughs> reverse and backed up because we were so close. So, like yes. say, this, is this was also like 95 or something. So this was during the car chase time, the OJ Simpson, like circa. Everybody yeah. was in car chases in the early
2: 90s. So she had a move in the move was reverse. And me as a non-driver was like, that sounds good. Do that.
0: <laughs> that really beats our origin story. I really like that. And then like fast forward, we've
2: just been friends this whole time. And then in the past few years, you know, you talked about real friends talking about real things. Like Julia, our bodies are all we've talked about for for so
3: many years. Uh, probably since you had Charlie. I mean, forever. We've always just been like, my body's doing this
2: or whatever. I should also say my birthday is November 4th and Julia's birthday is November 5th. So we often get together around our birth. Days to have a special birthday dinner, just the two of us. And the birthday dinner for many years has often been a barrage of descriptions of whatever happens to be going on with our vaginas, our asses, our tits, our stomachs, our any part of your body, like name it. And we we end up like peeing our pants laughing about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then Julia, I think the podcast was your idea. Kind of, but no, yeah. I started
3: perimenopause at the beginning of the pandemic. It was perfect timing. It was like 20, whatever, March 2020. of 2020. 2020, we started... T- talking and it was like, oh, you're going through it too. Or, That's happening to you. It's happening to me. You kept telling this story about the Circling the Drain origin. And I kept saying, this would be a great
2: podcast. It's a good name for a podcast. And then
3: like a year later, I was like, so Ellie, we really should just make this podcast. And then we made the podcast.
2: That story just circled the drain. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Carrie, you know what we forgot to put in our intro? What? The name of their podcast. It is Circling the Drain, ladies. <laughs>
2: Wow. Oof. That's how you know you're in perimenopause, if you forget to name someone's podcast when they're the guest on your podcast. I mean, can you even
0: imagine, it's in the title of the actual script that no one sees but Carrie and I, so, you know, that should be good enough. Julia,
1: I also went to IIN. It's the Institute of Integrative Nutrition, is what IIN is. And I'm also a fitness instructor. You're a Pilates instructor, right? Yeah, Now, one would think we would be well-equipped for perimenopause, but so far, all of my training has not really had me very well equipped. Have you noticed you're doing better because of these
3: stuff attributed to you? Because I'm not. So yes and no. Like I would say that the reason I enrolled was because I was in perimenopause and I was like, I got to learn more about what's happening with my body and like I want to educate more women about what's happening with their bodies. First of all, with IIN you get into it and it's so much more than just like the hormonal stuff as you know. But then when I was nearly done with that, I enrolled in a continuing education course strictly based on female hormone health. Mm -hmm so I got like this whole other added curriculum that you didn't get but I got it you know later after all this shit already started so it has been helpful yes but I think as we all know it's not a straight fucking line for anybody it's different for everybody the medical community they still can't get on board with what's what and what to do and what to use and like the efficacy with like HRT is it safe isn't it safe you know when you should start treating people what you should treat them with and there's different schools of thought so do I have more information yeah do I know what to do hmm, Maybe. I know what yeah. to try. I know I'm a human pincushion. It's really difficult to get someone to take you seriously, to take your symptoms seriously, to verify what's happening to you and then to actually treat you for it. It's really mm-hmm. difficult to get that from like your typical gynecologist or your typical,
2: you know, GP or whatever. It's trial and error and trial and error again and then again. And then when you think something works, something else goes wrong with you and you don't know if it's because of perimenopause, because of general aging, because of the thing you tried that helped the one thing, could that be causing the other thing that's now it's You're like a car. You're a breaking down car, Gary. I mean,
1: I'm fully broken. On the blue Hyundai that you have to turn off the air conditioning. (laughs)
0: Believe that's what in the business they call a shout back. A call back, yeah. So for those of us who are not fully there yet, what are some of the early symptoms in your opinion? Like, what was the first thing you noticed in your body where you were like, shit's a little different and then you realized it was leading to perimenopause? Now that I know what I know
2: I can look back at some other things and say that might have been it, and that might have been it. But the first thing I clocked was hot and cold at night, especially on my period. Sorry, I'm on the birth control pill, so on my off week when I wasn't getting those hormones every day, out of the covers, under the covers, out of the covers, I'm sweating, cold. That that was the first thing I noticed, and um, a lot of doctors told me just take the pill continuously, and I resisted it for a long time, and now I do and I feel much better. It's a Band-Aid. But you also switched your pill to a different... I switched a lot of things. It is a Band-Aid, because, like, I'm 45, and when I'm 50, they're going to tell me to go off the pill, and all hell's going to fucking break loose. Mm. So, you know, I hope we figure something out before then.
0: I had no idea. This just goes to show you how much people don't talk about things like menopause. There's not enough people doing what you guys do, and honestly, we don't need more people. You guys just take the (laughs) lead on all of this. But I had no idea that they tell perimenopausal women to go on birth Control. I had no fucking idea. Yeah, the birth control basically shuts down your
3: natural hormonal rhythm and gives you a new one. So it tricks your body and, and it kind of it stops your hormones from basically doing a bunch of gymnastics and keeps you kind of like even keeled. That's how I would best describe wow. what it's supposed to do for you. So, what was yeah. your
0: first kind of trigger, Julia?
3: I was about 38 and my meat sack just got weird. <laughs> it just <laughs> got
2: real weird. Now everybody thinks you have balls. <laughs> Wait, I, like that's what that sounds
0: <laughs> if People don't know what you're talking about. I have literally never heard. I've heard roast beef curtains. I have never heard meat sack. <laughs> I love that so much. My meat sack. She
3: thinks you think you're talking about your puss. Wait, you're not? No. No, my meat sack is my body.
0: It's the sack that contains the meat. You're a human sausage. I feel like the fucking skipper to your Barbies right now. <laughs> like... <laughs> Maybe even Midge. I may not even be Skipper. I may just be Midge because I am so fucking out of touch with everything that's going on. And we literally just (laughs) recorded your podcast for an hour and I'm like, the fuck's a meat sack? Why are they giving like perimenopausal women birth control? This is all news
2: to me. Listen, I want to say something. Please. Meat sack is a shorthand that we have developed and in our perimenopausal brain fog, we sometimes forget that other people don't know what we're talking about. You're not missing anything (laughs) by not knowing what she means when she says meat sack. It's not like a medical term. I was like,
0: oh, she's got meaty labia. I don't know. Like, I don't understand what the fuck is happening. She 100%
2: has meaty labia, but that's not what
3: she's talking about. No, but the name of my meaty labia is Felicia. (laughs) Right. As we've discussed in a previous episode.
0: Thank you. Now I have the terminology. There's gonna be a key in the show notes with all the different terms. Yeah, now I'm I'm on it. Thank you. The meat sack got weird. My meat sack got weird. You know, I got
3: a lot of belly fat and like inner thigh fat. All this weird shit started going on with the shape of my body and the way I was carrying fat. And then I just stopped fucking sleeping. Like I just didn't sleep for like five years, starting at like the oh, age I of thirty. That. that sounds <laughs> fucking terrible. terrible. It was fucking terrible. And I only just resolved it like a year ago. Same thing. The flashes came later.
1: The- it was my meat sack changing, the shape of my meat sack, <laughs> the lack of waste of my meat sack. Yes. yes. And nonstop being awake. Yeah.
3: Sleep disruption. Just waking up at three o'clock in the morning being like, hi, what's going yeah. on? Like, And then the final straw was when I had so much aphasia,
1: I couldn't remember words. They thought I had a brain tumor. And that's when yeah. I finally went to the doctor. I was like, I literally cannot remember. Someone asked me my name and I was like, uh, You and Bruce Willis, man. It was bad and it's gotten better from my functional medicine doctor different supplements and stuff but I still haven't figured out how to get my meat sack
3: in order. <laughs> Carrie, I went to the gas station in Jersey, you know they pump your gas for you and like the guy yes. I give my card and he's like what what's your zip code and I'm like I I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I just don't know. Like my the brain fog <laughs> is real.
2: It's so real. Yeah. Yeah. Zip code aphasia. I've got that too. Well, they're also saying the pandemic is causing brain fog. So that's the other thing, right? That sounds right. You're languishing or something. So
1: we have the double whammy of perimenopause and... Congrats. You won the lottery. What is something that both of you have learned about perimenopause from doing the podcast? I mean, even though you are in perimenopause, doesn't mean you know a whole hell of a lot about it. You learn as you go. But Ashley and I say the same things about doing the mom podcast. Like I get to learn stuff that I would not normally have the time to research. What are some things you have learned about it since doing the podcast?
3: First and foremost, I think we have learned that every woman's on their own journey and it's very unique to every woman and that the symptoms are so wild across the spectrum that I'm at a point right now where if a woman's like, you know, I see purple and black spots and I think it's perimenopause, I'm like, okay. It is. It probably, probably. is.
2: Mm-hmm. Here's the main thing I've learned that I think is helpful to your listeners who may or may not know a lot about perimenopause. Perimenopause can last from four months to fourteen years, and a lot of people, intelligent, informed women who are friends of yours, have never heard of perimenopause. I'm shocked by how many of my brilliant, accomplished friends didn't know it was a thing. They knew what menopause was, and they thought like maybe for a year you'd be having hot flashes, and that's called menopause. Menopause is a retrospective diagnosis that is a full year of not having your period. Then you are in menopause. Perimenopause right. is all this time leading up to it, and all this. It that goes wrong and different with your meat sack and your body and your brain. <laughs> it may not be related, but it can all be related. There's like 35 symptoms or something that could possibly be related, wow. right? Julia? Yeah. But I was going to say too that the wild thing about that also is that people focus a
3: lot on menopause. And that's not to say that menopause isn't important or that it isn't difficult. It's a year, you know? And the time leading up to that, the perimenopausal point in your life, I mean, that's when the shit is super weird. And that's actually when you need to start treatment because that is when you're the most miserable. And the women that we talk to who are, who are like post or like barely post-menopausal are like, huzzah, it's wonderful. I don't get my yeah. period anymore. And it's great, you know? Once
2: they cross over, they feel, not universally, but a lot of them have reported they feel so much better once they're in it. It's all the perimenopause leading up to it that's a shit show.
0: I was just going to suggest you ladies write a book. I know you're not medical doctors. However, you are so well versed on a subject that so many people aren't talking about and you're both hilarious. So maybe there's like perimenopause essays from 20 of your favorite female comedians or you know, I don't know, something. I'm trademarking it right now. That's yeah, yeah, title. it's yours. I think that it would be so helpful for people. I mean, look, I kind of feel like an idiot in this conversation because I'm sitting here having been surrounded by perimenopausal and menopausal women my whole life like everybody else has and host of a mom podcast and had no fucking idea about so much of this. From everything I understand, it sounds like a very kind of scary, lonely, lost time because there's so much you don't understand about what's going on in your own body and doctors not listening to you and a zillion other things that it would be so nice to have a trusted source like you ladies, something beyond the podcast that people could turn to. So anyway, I just like finding ways for people to make new money. She's our life coach. Yeah, I like it. We'll take it. I think that our audience spans a lot of different age
1: ranges, even beyond the age difference or age range of Ashley and I, but something that I didn't realize until I was living it, experiencing perimenopause, is that there was a period of time where I knew my mom was in perimenopause. We talked about it very openly. We were not getting along during that time. And it's the only time in my life that my mom, who is also my best friend, and I really had a rough patch. My mom is like an Irish, a good old Irish gal and is not like very emotionally expressive about her own mental stuff. And so I was hearing about the hot flashes, the weight gain, all the other kind of stuff, but I wasn't really hearing about the mental stuff. Stuff. To this day, one of the worst experiences I had was we were away for her birthday and she just said some of the meanest things that she has ever said. And I remember at the time thinking, Who stole my mom? Who is this person? Like, I cannot believe that this is my mom. And, you know, many years later, she said, You know, I had a really hard time in perimenopause and that was during that time. And I'm just sorry for whatever. It was not even myself. I felt possessed. And I was just like, Okay. I mean, I I believed her. It wasn't like, Okay, mom, because we're close, but I was just like, whatever. Like, that was really. Horrible. I was just thinking, you must have been really unhappy. And now I fully understand what it feels like to be possessed and not even understand like what's happening to you. And it's from perimenopause.
0: I finally get it. This is what I'm saying. You and I are both so close with our moms. I don't think we can chalk it up solely to women aren't talking about it with each other because Carrie is very open with her mom. I'm very open with my mom. I think women just aren't realizing that that's what it is. Yeah. Telling them like, you're feeling fucking crazy right now because your hormones are going nuts. There is crazy shit happening inside your body and you just haven't been able to identify it because no one has told you how to. Mm -hmm. So even
1: if you're not going through it, everybody has a mom. This is
0: just good for everyone to know. I mean, I don't know how to explain
1: it unless you're living it, but you might be having issues with your mom and it might not be what you think it is. It might be
2: something else. I mean, there's just a lot of ways to look at it. We've even had close friends who are supportive of us who are male, straight, the okay gay, all kinds of men listen to it and say it's so helpful to them to understand either their co-workers or their sisters yep. or their wives or whatever it is. We didn't think about that when we started it, but it's true. The people in your life, it doesn't just have to be your mom or yourself. There are women in this age range all around you and it's so helpful. We're everywhere. <laughs> like zombies.
3: You know, there's something about shining a light on it that makes you feel less alone and it makes you feel
2: not crazy. Right. Just naming it.
3: And who knows if you've already seen a doctor that made you feel crazy or who just didn't acknowledge that you were going through it. You need other people then, like your friends or the people around you to let you know that you're not nuts and that, you know, like you are hot.
0: You're, you're really hot. And I, and I don't mean in a sexy way. I just think it's fucking nuts that it's 2022. And I mean, I, I want to say like women are equal to men, but we all know that's a joke. We're not actually in the eyes of the law and all kinds of other things, pay equality. But in this day and age that there aren't more people identifying these things and saying like, this is what's fucking happening. I got to tell you, this conversation alone has been so useful to me and just understanding like, oh, shit, I'm going to make a comparison. And i I don't want to insult anybody, but my grandmother had really, really bad dementia. My mother and I looked back on things. It was triggered by a traumatic brain injury, whatever. But looking back on things, once we were, you know, years into this thing, we could look at it and say, "Oh my God, she was acting crazy because she had dementia." It's not like she was a bad this, that, or the other. She had dementia. She had no control over this thing. Now I'm not comparing menopause to dementia because that's offensive. Mm, I mean, if I'm being honest, well, I was. Gonna-
3: to say, there's actually a correlation between lowered estrogen and dementia and Alzheimer's. And I'm sorry to interrupt. No, please. I can't not talk about the HRTs. There is strong evidence
2: that HRT, which is hormone replacement therapy. Thank you.
0: Yeah, this is menopause for dummies here. So just talk to me like I don't know any of it. There's a strong case that
3: HRT actually can help you avoid dementia and Alzheimer's. Wow. You know, you can look this up on PubMed. So I'm not like talking out of my ass. I'm not taking it off a health line or some like whatever like weird or Joe website. Joe Rogan.
2: Never Joe Rogan. Never.
3: Talk about a meat sack. (laughs) Talk about a meat sack. (laughs) Sorry, not to take away from your grandmother's experience, but
0: just as a side note. No, I brought that up to say, like, retroactively, we could understand these things. And I'm sure there's so many women who have gone through this change that every woman goes through who can look back and say, oh, oh, okay, okay, Now that's what was happening. And that's a shame. I think that's like a tragedy that we half the population doesn't fucking understand this thing that's going on
2: with them. I do want to put a positive spin. I do think it's starting to become more Good. in the cultural conversation, especially as some really high-level celebrities are aging. They're starting to talk about it. Not JLo. No. JLO's denying it all. But we're in a culture that shares, right, because of social media and all these things. So we do have more people starting to talk about it. And, you know, I think that Julia and I obviously have our eyes on it more, but I'm seeing more books and products and, products and services and all kinds of things. Like, obviously, I'm looking for it, so I'm finding it. But, you know, Stacy London, who we love, who used to host What Not For I Wear. I had a sex stream about her a couple weeks ago. It was hot. Well, who wouldn't?
0: Carrie and I are obsessed, but yeah. Carrie's like obsessed on a whole
2: other level with Stacey London. She's amazing. Yeah. Her new mission is she's got a product line called State of Menopause, which are all products huh. that are available to help with your symptoms, whether it be extreme dry skin or hot flashes or joint pain. There's a cream for that. There's a spray for that. And she's speaking very loudly about the issue and the lack of attention paid. There are people out there who are raising their voices. And I don't know if we're qualified to write a book, but we're happy to have our voices be amongst the women who are talking about it. Julia, you do not have kids,
1: correct? And Ellie, you have kids. I have one. The reason why I ask is because I was told that my kind of tumultuous, Birth of my daughter made my perimenopause come more aggressively and more quickly because of it. And so, I want to know you guys in talking to each other about your experience and talking to other women about their experiences. Have you noticed any correlation with having kids and making it more intense or happening any sooner? Or
3: yeah, so women like me who don't have kids were more likely to start sooner. Mm-hmm. If you've had kids, you're more likely to start later. But at the end of the day, you want to find out when your mom started because you typically replicate the same experience as your mother. Yeah, I haven't had kids. I, I think I probably started sooner and that's probably why. But I would say, you know, I'm not a doctor. I can't talk about your birth experience and what that was like or what the doctor said to you. But doctors kind of say like loopy shit all the time as we've learned. It's not always true. Yes. And I have never heard that.
1: Me
2: neither. To be true. My mom
1: didn't think that that was, she's like, I went through perimenopause in my early 40s or mid 40s. So that's when you are and that's probably, which just is normal, late because you had your baby late. It just happened to be those two things happening at the same time. For
0: our listeners out there and your listeners out there who are going through perimenopause, do you have any tips? What tips do you have to get through this fiery pit of hell that they're in currently? So fiery, nobody likes this. <laughs>
2: the first thing is feeling well is more rare the older you get, right? There's like more shit that breaks down. So like this isn't popular, but I stopped drinking alcohol as kind of an experiment. And then I just kept not drinking because I feel so much better and it like was fucking with my sleep, which was already fucked up and my anxiety, which was already bad. Like it was making all of those things worse. It made my hot flashes worse. Yeah. My tip isn't stop drinking. That's an example of my larger tip. I'm just putting the tip in. My larger tip is really hone in on what doesn't feel good and really be willing to try the things that might make you feel better, even if they're hard or annoying, like exercising regularly or eating better or drinking more water or drinking less alcohol, like all those boring things, one equates with an unfun life or getting older or like it all being over for you. It doesn't have to be like a huge giant stop everything, but be willing to experiment with a healthier lifestyle because it really can make a difference.
0: But you did say on your show, you like weed,
2: correct? I mean, I did get my medical marijuana card for a combination of THC and CBD to try to help me sleep, which worked for a while and then stopped working during the pandemic when like no one could sleep. Right. But Julia is much more, of a pot person. in general Okay, that's
0: am. what I was asking. Like, I am the pot yeah, person. Yeah, I'm going to be honest with you. When you talk about not drinking anymore and not doing, you know, like exercise, I'm not Carrie. These are all the things that I dread having to make a change in my life. But I'm also fully aware that, like, I'm getting there. These are changes that need to happen. So I'm wondering if that's across all fun or just a lot of the fun. I would say,
3: understand the tax you pay. You pay a tax on everything you do in your life. You pay a tax on your relationship. You pay a tax on your kids. You pay a tax to the IRS, like you pay a fucking tax. So understand the tax that you pay. I got married at a bourbon distillery. I fucking love the brown drink. I love it. It is like a part of my origin story with my husband and I can't fucking drink it anymore. Like if I drink it now, I pay a tax and the tax is that I do not sleep at night. I probably won't feel great the next day. I found that I have a gluten sensitivity. So now it's like I get a rash on my hand. All this stuff kind of like happens afterward. But listen, my five-year wedding anniversary is coming up in June. Congratulations. Thank you. We're doing the Kentucky bourbon trail and I'm going to drink all of the bourbon and I am going to eat all of the gluten for five days and I am going to pay a big tax on it, but I am aware of the tax I'm going to pay. Yeah. So it's not like stop having the fun, just know what the fun costs. And like Ellie said, understand what makes you feel better. I feel better when I meditate. I feel better when I exercise. So I make it a point to get those things in. Yeah. But don't stop having fun. Yeah.
2: But you haven't noticed any negative effects from weed, have you? Oh yeah, back to that. I love weed. You've never said like it exacerbates any kind of symptom. I've never heard you talk about that.
0: No, but it's a lovely substitute for alcohol, let me say. There's not much of a downfall other than, you know, it is linked to early onset dementia and all this other stuff. Listen, there's plenty of things I don't
1: want to remember. Said grandmother from your podcast episode that I did not get along with that paid for my nose job. At the end of her life when she got dementia, then we got along because she forgot all the things that
0: she didn't like about me. That's a blessing. That's the opposite of what happened with mine. So we ask all of our guests this. What what is the number one thing that you think every person out there should outsource if they have the means to do so? Easy. Get someone to clean your house.
3: Pay that person to clean your house. That's our number
0: one response.
3: A very close friend of mine right now who's the CEO still cleans their own house and I'm like, you have no time! There's a stigma, like a privilege stigma that's associated with it. And of course there's a financial issue, but if you can't afford it, I think it can really change your life and free up much needed time. What
2: about you, Alex I mean, I think mine is like a popular one too. It's laundry. I I haven't done laundry in years. And part of that is living in New York City and not having one right in my house. But when I've looked for apartments and they're like, oh, there's a washer dryer. I'm like, I don't want there to be a washer dryer because I like paying the person. (laughs) I live in a fourth floor walk up right now. Somebody comes upstairs, they take my laundry, they carry it down the four flights, they take it back to the place where they do the laundry. Then they bring it back the same night up the four flights. My underwear's all folded and banded up in a cute little paper wrap. I don't do laundry. And people have asked me, well, how how much do you think you guys spend on it a month? And I'm like, I'm not looking. Some people are weirded out by like someone else doing your laundry
0: and seeing your shitty snail trail, whatever underwear. I don't care. If you are sending your clothes to somebody else to do your laundry, but you're keeping your underwear to wash yourself, it defeats the purpose. Either send it all or don't send any of it. Unless it's some weird specialty thing. Unless it's a delicate. Right. I wish for everyone that they never had to do
2: any laundry. Doing laundry laundry is a never-ending cycle of hell. And uh, I don't have that in my life.
0: Surprisingly, I think you're the first person to ever say laundry, although I think it is a very good answer. I got shamed early on in my son's life by our friendly
2: laundromat ladies after he had like a stomach bug. And I just like threw all the pukey, shitty stuff in with the laundry. And when I showed up to pick it up, this was before the people who come up to my apartment, it was a different apartment. When I showed up to pick it up, she came up to me shaking her head and she showed me the price tag and that it was double. And she was like, like next time you have to rinse it first. You can't give us stuff like that. That's not healthy. And I felt really, really shamed. So I've changed laundromats. <laughs> <laughs> I hope to never have a stomach bug in my house again too. That's... I don't wish that on anyone. Please plug yourself. Tell us where to find you. Circlingthedrainpodcast.com. Circling the Drain Podcast wherever you get your podcasts and all our social medias have Circling the Drain Podcast in them. So, there's a link tree that can link to our personal ones. You'll find us. Everything will be linked in our show notes. Thanks ladies. Thank you guys so
1: much for coming on. I sort of like the late at night off the rails Lucy goosiness I'm just like, "All right, here we go." Up next, Larissa Po Post-
0: The past month, Carrie and I have been sending our kids Sebastian. Who's four and Luna, who's three, to Goldfish Swim School. Obviously, it's very important for everyone to know how to swim. Plus, with the upcoming summer vacations, maybe you've gone on one, maybe you have one coming up. We just really wanted our kids to be prepared. So, here to talk to us about water safety for kids so you can help your little ones prepare is owner of select Goldfish Swim School locations, Larissa Posner. Hi, Larissa. Hello. Hi. Thank you so much for having me on today. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for joining us. Of course. It's my pleasure. We are really, truly loving goldfish. Our children are genuinely loving goldfish. We've both sent our kids to swim classes before. And this is a totally different experience from any of the other ones we've had previously. Can you tell the listeners what makes goldfish different than other swim schools?
2: Sure. Goldfish, we are
4: the pros, the experts in water safety for kids. We've been in business for 15 years. There's about 130 schools throughout the US. And we pride ourselves on keeping and teaching kids to be safe in and around the water. We do so with our excellent proven curriculum. It really does work. We have so many families that come back after vacation or after trips to the pool and the skills that they learned at Goldfish has rescued them and saved their lives. And it's really such a rewarding experience for me personally as a mom of three kids to see so many success stories. We have families that come with children are terrified of going in the water, who have had perhaps some negative experiences in the water or so forth. Our curriculum really is top notch. And our facility, I believe, is really a big key component of that. Our pools are all four feet deep and we keep the water temperature at 90 degrees and the air temperature at 92. So it's very comfortable. I think a lot of the kids who take lessons elsewhere, they're in a big, giant, freezing cold pool that's really deep and they just don't feel
0: comfortable Sebastian and I love that like after swim class he doesn't have to come home and take a shower he can just do it there at and the you school. literally <laughs> have
1: made it so that my daughter who used to hate taking a shower now like showers herself because you have those amazing showers there
4: Oh, I love that. Anything to have the kids feel really good about themselves, gain that independence, achieve their goals. We have so many kids who are may- maybe apprehensive and then just to see them achieve their goals and learn to swim on their own. We go through a very extensive training program with anyone that is teaching in our schools. And we have a lot of oversight as to people's progress to keep really close track. They all learn at their own pace. So kids are moved up as soon as they're ready. And it's it's really so rewarding. Our goal is that whatever experience you have, say New Jersey,
1: is the same if you go on vacation to Colorado and you take a lesson there. It's the same This weekend experience. we were in my cousin's pool and my daughter was like, I'm not putting on swimmies. No backsliding. I'm going to scoop the water and kick, kick, kick. Wow. Did she really say
0: no backsliding? Yes, yeah, she said no backsliding. Holy crap. That's
1: awesome. What are some things you think every parent should know about water safety? It's such a thing that haunts.
4: It really is something to be concerned about, and it really is something that should be on the forefront of people's minds, not just in the summer months. Personally, we live in the Northeast where we're only outdoor swimming for a few months of the year. However, it is really a skill that needs to be taught and needs to be upheld throughout the year. So we believe consistency is best. It's definitely something that needs to be continued throughout the year. So lessons year round is the number one thing that you can do to help your child. Unfortunately, the statistics are very, very scary. Children 1 to 4 have the highest drowning rate. And it's the leading cause of death besides childhood cancers of children 1 to 4. And it gives me the chills because it's just such a scary thing. It happens so quickly. I'm also
1: deathly afraid of dry drowning because I saw like a Discovery ID episode on it one time. And now I'm like, oh, God. Yeah, I mean, the number one thing is take
4: lessons. Make sure the child has those skills and has that, that muscle memory. And that muscle memory really takes, really long time to build up. The best thing to do is to make sure there's always someone watching the water. Unfortunately, a lot of the drownings do occur when there's lots of people around, parties, family gatherings. Everyone thinks that the other person is watching the water. You need to have a designated water watcher, someone whose sole responsibility, like no interruptions. No drinking a cocktail while you're doing it. No watching TikTok. No distractions. And it's a really good idea to rotate that person. It's also really really good to put your child in a bright colored bathing suit. That way, if you're in a more crowded environment. I love that idea. That's such a good
0: tip in general.
1: Yeah, I would have never thought of that. You guys have really thought about everything? Like the little incentives, like the stickers or the tattoos or like all the little things that make kids
0: actually want to do something like that let's give people a quick idea of what goldfish actually is like when you are there just for a hot second let's do it firstly you go into like a strip mall so there's all these kinds of things that you can do after or before your child is in class because obviously you want to stay with them while they are in class but you walk in there's like a cute front desk everyone there is just the most lovely person there's a gold Fish tank that has these big old fat goldfish, not like little wobbly crappy goldfish. There's a ton of changing rooms. There's bathing suit dryers. There's tons of bathrooms. There's a glass wall. And parents can sit in these very comfy chairs and watch everything. The whole thing from beginning to end is just such a pleasant experience. So I just think people should truly know that. Here's another thing. So when you're pregnant, you always hear that children can drown in as little as one inch of water. So like they tell you that's why you should bolt the toilet because a kid can actually fall in and drown. Obviously, you never leave your child alone in the bathtub. What are some other household precautions that we should all be taking for our children when it comes to water safety? The most important one, like you touched on,
4: is never leaving your child alone in the bathtub. Uh, It's just really knowing exactly where your child is at all times when you're in your home, specifically when you're in a bathtub situation. If there's a pool in the home, you have to make sure it has a cover on at all times or the pool is completely fenced in and there's no way for a child to get in. Going back to those water safety skills, those muscle memory that we teach the kids to roll over in the water. The child has that muscle memory and that instinct from classes to roll over and breathe or how to climb out safely. With the little ones, we teach water safety skills using the wall. So they use their little hands. They practice climbing out. We recreate falling into the water, going back to the wall where they might have fallen in from to safety to rescue themselves.
1: I have heard that's one of the most important important things is just if you fall in on accident knowing what to do.
4: We practice that skill in all of our classes going up to 5 years old. We practice climbing out because these children don't have that upper body strength to climb out on their own.
0: I will tell you guys if you have a choice in your area between Goldfish and pretty much any other swim school, I do genuinely strongly suggest that you go to Goldfish. I mean, in terms of pricing, it's on par with every other swim school that I've seen and and it is just such a nicer experience. Larissa, plug yourself, plug Goldfish, tell everybody where they can find more information on all of it. We have an excellent website where you could just put in your
4: local zip code and you'll be able to find the closest school to you. We also have an excellent YouTube channel that has a lot of great videos from all across the the country and then obviously give us a call we're happy to chat it's a half hour class and it's once per week and most of the schools are doing a summer program called jumpstart
0: clinics you go four days in a row and just like the name connotates it jumpstarts the kids skills amazing thank you so much larissa it's truly been a pleasure thank you for having me hashtag swag bag This is such a funny, mundane one, but hey, humans, deodorant. Carrie turned me on to this. It is a natural deodorant. It's aluminum free, free of parabens and all kinds of other things I can't say. It's made with essential oils and the tube that it comes in, it's like cardboard made out of recycled paper. What's that scent you have? I always get the rose water ginger. I like the way it smells. I I really like rose. I get that like men's smelling one. It's cheaper. Did you know that? No. There's that pink tax for you. I used to be able to get it at Target. Apparently it's still available on Target online. I haven't seen it in store. But now I get it at Walgreens. Good to know. It's about $6.99-ish of all the natural deodorants I have tried. This is the best, best. I just used up mine and trying a different natural deodorant and it's not as good. No, they are never, ever as good. The only other like semi good one I've ever used is the Arm & Hammer Essentials that has like no, no nothing. But you still like, your armpits are dripping in sweat. But you don't smell this one. You don't smell and it's pretty good at regulating. It reduces it. Yeah. Yeah. It reduces it. It's not zero, but it reduces it. But it's pretty good. And you know that app, I forget what it's called, but where you take pictures of, you know, the products you use soaps skincare you know like those clean apps i I didn't know about them but sure there's a few different apps that you can like take pictures of your skincare take pictures of your shampoo take pictures of your soap and it'll tell you whether it's actually natural and actually good for you oh i like that so like things like miss Myers and method that are supposed to be like the pioneer sustainable brand and like chemical free are actually not good for you but hey humans always does really well always always does really well in those apps. So I feel very confident suggesting that to you. It is 90-something degrees here all week. Carrie, you went to Legoland yesterday. I went to <sighs> Legoland last week. Oh, man. And this deodorant gets me through. The only gripe I have is that if you're wearing black, it will rub off. Yeah, that's it. That's a lot of deodorant, so. I mean, exactly. Honestly, if that's the one downfall to use natural deodorant, I will take it. Okay, mine's going to be bougie because, you know, that's me. I finally
1: got the new Apple AirPods, and
0: they are so much better than the original ones. Are they better than my cheapo knockoffs? Yes. Okay, why? What's better about them? One, I have tiny ear
1: holes. Same. And they have, similar to your one, the like rubber that's on it, and it comes in a couple different sizes, and it actually fits in my ear well and doesn't fall out two, they're noise canceling. So this like amazing thing happens where you wear them and the din is out, but you can still hear conversation in cars and stuff. It's just very like you're in a sound booth and it's coming through like a oh. recording. Plus you can hear your, whatever you're listening to. It like filters out some of the sound. And I felt comfortable. I wore them on my bike the other day, which I usually don't wear any kind of ear or anything on my bike, but I could still hear everything. It was like magic. I'm like, what is this noise canceling, but not noise canceling this? what kind of What kind of black magic? is this? (laughs) And so I'm really impressed. Like I actually have to say we're really, really good. Wow. All right, guys. Well, as always, we love you. Stay safe out there. And please send us your Yelp reviews of your, you could even Yelp review your best friend, your sister-in-law, your mother-in-law, your husband, your kid, your partner, your lover.
0: Send the Yelp reviews to hello at momtragepodcast.com. Bye. Bye.